This is Cheryl Broderson with... Jasmine Allnut. And we've got a special edition, don't we, Jasmine? Yes, we do. This is our special Merry Christmas from Women Worth Knowing. That's right. Merry Christmas from Women (laughs) Worth Knowing. And we want to talk about some women who are alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of these women actually goes to our church. And she serves. She's getting Mm -hmm. more and more involved. And she and our friend Kathy Gilbert um, have become really close, close Hmm. friends. And I really love uh, Joanne Ogburn, Hmm. who we're going to talk about today. Um, She's amazing. And Kathy, Kathy is so, Kathy Gilbert's so amazing because Kathy Gilbert is so excited about this podcast (laughs) that she goes out hunting down people and suggesting. (laughs) We keep asking you, send in your stories. And Kathy to date has probably sent us in about five or six stories. Yeah. And a couple more people have sent them in that we're going to be talking about. So what we're saying by this too is, you know, send us your story, maybe your mother, your sister, an aunt, or somebody else you know, you've also sent us in suggestions. So we want you to know, yes, we are yep. going to be doing Helen Rosevier. We're going to be doing Dorothy Sayers. Rosalind Goforth. Rosal- yep. Yeah, these are all on our roster. And we can't wait. In fact, <laughs> Jasmine and I are reading prodigiously uh, among the other things we're doing. But we both love biographies. Yes. And so that's, we just want you to know you are heard and we want your letters. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you about Joanne. And I'm going to read most of this. Hmm. But she was the ninth of 10 children hmm. uh, born to Enoch and Irene Ward, which is really interesting to me because, you know, uh, my grandmother, her maiden name was Ward, and fa- hmm. my father's name was Charles Ward Smith. Ah. So I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> there could be a connection. There could be a connection. <laughs> so her parents, all 10 of the children, were not born in a hospital, but with midwives in the rural town of Millen, Georgia. And her parents were sharecroppers, but they inspired them to do everything they did by faith. At the age of 10, she accepted Jesus and was baptized in the river near <laughs> her church. And she went to Rocky Ford Baptist Church in Georgia. And for the next 60 years, from the age of two, uh, she loved Jesus, and they moved from the country when she was two to the city of Augusta, Georgia, but kept walking with the Lord. They drove 50 miles to go to church. This mimicked something because when she was older, they would drive all the way from Ontario, California to Los Angeles to worship every week. So they would do a 50-mile wow. commute. So all her life. So, you know, she's used to this. Now, eight of her parents' 10 children obtained college degrees. And among them, there are four master's degrees, two PhDs, and two bachelor degrees. Wow. She ended up teaching Sunday school and vacation Bible school. And then lately, she's been doing motivational speeches to colleges and more recently on ministering with Release Time Christian Education through Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. And so she maintained straight A's all the way through ninth grade. Uh, She's been healthy. She had a domestic job to help an elderly lady. And during that time when she cleaned the house, she would make $2.50 a week when she was 10 years old, right? But she was the first black woman to integrate Richmond Military Academy in Augusta, Georgia in 1966. Wow. Is that amazing? Yeah. And she said, boy, did I ever need the Lord when we integrated all activities were canceled. No sports or military balls for a year because 
Black African-Americans joined. I mean, this is terrible. She was selected to attend the Yale Summer High School for Advancement in Math and Science Programs in 1968. She received a full scholarship, she said, due to the Lord to Mercer University in Macon, Georgia, Mm -hmm. and graduated with a bachelor's degree in 1972. 39 years of engineering, design, development, test, and management at Rockwell Boeing from 1972 to 2011. First black female engineering supervisor, manager, and director at Rockwell International. First Rockwell-sponsored black female to attend Carnegie Mellon International Executive Managing Engineering Design and Development course in 1994. Numerous awards and recognition for engineering excellence, including two national magazine Awards, Dollar and Cents Top 100 Black Business and Professional Women's Achievements Award in 1987, Black Engineer Magazine Women of Color and Technology Career Achievement Award presented to her in Washington, D.C. in 2002. She retired Boeing Director of Engineering and is still depending on the Lord to guide her and use her for His glory. Um, also, she's been married for 42 years to Tom Ogborn, and she thanks him for his unparalleled love and support all the way. And she has five-generation family that includes 140 nieces and nephews. And she's here at Calvary. And yeah. she's just what? awesome. I just realized I know her because I've served in the release time program. Never knew any of this. That's just like— But, you know, don't you think yeah. that, I mean— Speaking of that, don't you think that we're surrounded by so many great women that are with knowing? I mean, here's Joanne, and what I know about her is she's so nice, and she just approached me one Sunday and said, how can I get involved? Mm. Um, She started talking to Kathy Gilbert, and Kathy's like, Joanne's the greatest (laughs) woman in the world. And then Joanne, a couple weeks ago, came up to me, and and she started to tell me something. I said, Joanne, I already know, because you're like Kathy's new best friend. She goes, (laughs) we've gotten really close. We really have, which Uh, I just think is just so, so— Awesome. But there are, you know, I think this brings this up. We should ask people that we know, what's your story? Yeah. What's your story? Because, you know, both you and I have a lot of great friends. I mean, let's just go for a second. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be very unexpected. But your roommate, Alina. Yeah. Alina is Russian. Yeah. But nobody knows that because, you know, she's— She doesn't have an accent. Right. And she was born in— She was born in Russia, yeah. Russia, but migrated when she was what? How old? Nine or ten. Nine or ten. And she speaks, of course, perfect English without an accent. She's just gorgeous. But one of the interesting things is she felt led— Just tell the prayer room story. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. I mean, yeah, just these little things that the Lord does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those opportunities. I mean, there was a time before COVID. Right. <laughs> uh, Brian was um, having uh, like these altar call kind of things at the end of the services. If anybody wants to come forward, receive the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And Alina really felt led that. Day. And we do that too. Sometimes we go and, you know, go out street witnessing or want to help. She's like, I want to go in the prayer room today. I'm like, okay, let's go do it after the service. So we go in there because Brian said, hey, if you want to receive the Lord, you can go over to the prayer room after the service and somebody will be in there to like just, you know, pray with you, mm-hmm. give you a Bible. And so you and, and so Alina we were went in, in there to n- pray with people. Yeah, to pray with people, but nobody was, everybody was taken basically. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, there were there was nobody really that wasn't being prayed for. Um, except this one, there was like one lady and um, her daughter kind of could tell like, okay, there's an older woman and a younger gal that must be related. So we, we went over to them. And um, Alina was just like, oh, hi, can I talk to you? And um, the daughter was just like, oh, my mom doesn't speak English. And so Alina was thinking like, oh, she probably speaks Spanish because she was a little, you know, darker. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, Jazz, come over here because I speak Spanish. The daughter was like, oh, no, 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 she speaks Russian. And uh, what are the odds? That right, doesn't really right, happen right. here very often. And so Alina was like, oh, wait, I speak Russian. 
fully got to pray with this woman to lead her to the Lord. You know, we got connected with the daughter. She's in our home group now um, and everything. And it's just like amazing how the Lord will, you know, he just gives divine appointments all the time. And that's a really good point. Like you said, you don't know these things if you don't ask people, like, what's the Lord done or in your life? Or how is he, you know, built a testimony in your life? I mean, there's so many wonderful things the Lord's doing, and we need to hear those encouraging things. And there's so many stories all around us. And there's, you know, it's almost like you could say every woman in mm. our sphere is worth knowing. Yeah. Because we tend to, you know, we, we're dealing with women who have lived and for the most part are not living, you know, because yeah. there's yeah. such, as we talked before, there's such a rich history. Yes. But also you were talking this morning, we were, we were doing a Bible study together and Jasmine was talking about living in the present moment mm. too, mm-hmm. and just making discoveries in the present moment. You know, yeah. God, is right here with us in the present moment and to talk to people and to hear their story, which brings me, you have another story. Well, yes, we had another, uh, a couple others that were mailed in. So like Cheryl said, we don't want you to think that we're ignoring you. If you've written into us, sometimes it might take us a while to get there, but we do really want to hear these stories about people right now. And so um, the first one is a letter sent in by Isabel Secor. Secor, I'm so sorry if I'm getting your last name wrong. And she wrote about a gal named Denise Carlson, who is 63-year-old mother of three, grandma of six, and she right now in her 60s is serving as a missionary on the Uganda-South Sudanese border. Is that crazy? Amazing. Awesome. I know. So she said when she was young, I'm kind of like what Cheryl was doing, kind of paraphrase, read through some of her story here. Uh, When she was young, her grandma shared Jesus with her and always prayed for her. And she got saved at a Baptist church camp as a young girl in 1970. But when she was 15, she got raped by a stranger, an older man. So just traumatizing and everything, you know, predictably went kind of downhill in her life at that point. And she said, I went from being an A student, a cheerleader, a class president, Miss Social, to making terrible choices about sex, alcohol, and drugs that led to pregnancy out of wedlock, bad marriage, domestic violence, and more. The expectations for myself and a hope for the future were gone. And she said, you know, through these years, she would still pray and Mm -hmm. go to church, Mm -hmm. you know, but you know, she's raising three sons mm-hmm. as a single mom. But she said, I was just carnal. I wasn't really, you know, I was just kind of going through the motions and didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. But she said all throughout that time, all those years, she heard God's voice, or I heard God's voice telling me he would never leave me or forsake me. And I didn't even know that was in the Bible, <laughs> that that mm-hmm. was a verse. She mm-hmm. just had this thought constantly there with her. And so about 15 years ago, so she was I'm assuming like late 40s at that point. So this is years later. She's raised her kids, who are all, by the way, um, walking with Jesus, which is That's wonderful. So That's a awesome. miracle in yes. itself. Yes. Um, but that was when she surrendered her life to the Lord. And she said she was so radically transformed. She had to go through some difficult, humbling times. But she took to heart what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So... She said, okay, I've got to give up the world. And she literally did it. She said, I gave up my business, my home, my family, my friends, my identity. My verse was, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. It's like, wow, making that your life first, Mm -hmm. that's pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. That is. I know. And so she said the other thing that was so transformative after she got saved was that she couldn't stop sharing about Jesus. Mm. She just kind of you know, we all have our giftings, and and she came to realize that she was just gifted in evangelism. That was just a gift that the Lord had given her. She was constantly being transformed as she studied the Bible and just kind of felt like 
I want to share the gospel with everybody. She said, I was an evangelist right away. I knew I was created to be a missionary and go to the lost and share the love of God. I told God then to send me where no one else wants to go, and I would go and tell them the good news. I also told God I would do anything except public speaking. So you're going to probably guess what she's going to end up doing. Yes. (laughs) Soon after that, after she kind of made that commitment and that surrender, Um, She led a missions team of women into northern Uganda um, during the time when the LRA, the Lord's Resistance Army, was in full swing. And they're uh, bad guys. Oh, so bad. Yeah, that's not the Lord. (laughs) That's not Jesus. Yeah, not Yahweh. (laughs) And that really launched her life as a missionary. Um, She served mainly in refugee camps. She was originally on the border there with Uganda and Sudan. And then for the last six years or so, she's been serving in South Sudanese refugee refugee camps more exclusively, Uh, living in, she says at the moment, she's living on the border of a war zone and they're all under protection of police guards with AK-47s. Like what a way to live and just have that be a normal part of your life, you know? Um, And not only tying it back in, not only does she do public speaking, (laughs) but she says, now I'm like sometimes speaking to crowds of hundreds and even thousands in these refugee camps, you know, sharing the gospel and her testimony and all of that. And so, you know, God just launched her and gave her the ability to do what she didn't think she could do. You know, what's Um, excellent about Denise, too, is that here is somebody who's alive right now that you can pray for. Like we can enter into this ministry. Here's this woman and you didn't know her, but she's worth knowing, Denise Carlson. And you can begin to partner by praying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can begin to pray for her as she's serving yeah. in Uganda and South Sudanese and mm-hmm. that God would protect her and watch over her and give her even a greater um, audience, uh, you know, yes. and that people would hear and you know, that God would stop the violence. Yes. And there's yeah. so much, but, you know, even as the Spirit leads, you can pray. And I think mm-hmm. that's so exciting mm-hmm. that she's living right now. Yes. She's worth knowing. Denise Carlson, you can pray for her. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and just so you get like even a flavor of all of the, what this ministry encompasses, so you can pray more specifically, like Cheryl was saying, you know, she's been involved these past several years in a lot of things. They're, they're doing church planting in those refugee camps that you can pray for, uh, equipping already existing churches with Bibles. Um, she actually writes uh, Bible workbooks, probably like mm. Bible studies, you know, mm-hmm. for, for them to learn and grow. Um, evangelizing Muslims. Uh, there's an unreached tribe they've ministered to and reached out to. Um, she actually opened a Christian counseling program and a home for young adults. And then they're doing practical things, digging wells. Um, feeding people in the refugee camps, building homes for orphans. I mean, you know, they've seen people get delivered from demons and illness. I mean, there's a lot of things that to to be praying for in the ministry. And um, it's kind of cool that you mentioned, like, give you know, that the Lord would, you know, kind of uh, expand her borders a little bit. Because recently, I guess, they're actually doing a radio program to preach the gospel to South Sudanese women. She said 85% of these women are illiterate. And so a radio program... You know, that can bring the gospel to them without them having to try to read it. Yes. And so they're doing like a women's Christian radio show, and she's hoping to get some women's conferences going to minister and to do some counseling because some of these women, so many of them have been abused. um, Some of them have been kidnapped, sold. And with her background, I think the Lord has really given her her heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, An ability to minister like I've been there. Yes. And so, I mean, such— 
great need, but also such great opportunity. And um, her team, it's so its so great. Her team was even contacted recently by the Ugandan Catholic sisters to get training because they want to do counseling as well wow. and minister to wow. the refugees. So I love the partnering, kind of like what we yes. talked about in a previous podcast with yes. Hannah Moore. Yes. Bridging gaps, you know, with other, you know, it's like, oh, I love that. It's not like, oh, you're Catholic. We can't work with you. It's like, yes. no, we can all You know partner. what's exciting about Denise, too? She's 63. And instead of mm. saying, oh, I, it's time to retire. You know, I want a little picket fence. I want to look for, you know, a little adult community. <laughs> She's like right there being guarded by these, you know, AK 47s, 47 yep. guards. And uh, it's mm-hmm. amazing. It, Just willing to give your life for the glory of God. Yes. Yeah. You were kind of talking about that this morning in our Bible study too. Like um, not just settling back on our laurels and right, like, right. well, we're done. It's like, no, the apostle Paul talked about how he pressed on. He never right. he never said he attained That's or right. like I can coast now. That's right. I think about Christmas time and we're probably going to, you know, just stick with the two this, this session. But I'm thinking about Christmas that Christmas is a time where we give the Lord something. Hmm. And I was thinking maybe it, it's a time that you want to give the Lord your time mm. or you want to give uh, the Lord maybe opportunity to move you and mm. uh, to place you in some place different or give you a new ministry or to do something. I remember Anne Graham Lotz, who is someone we'll feature on uh, Women mm-hmm. Worth Knowing, oh, yeah. and we're going to feature Mother. <laughs> um, but also, I remember her speaking here at Calvary Chapel, and one time she was saying that it was, she would ask the Lord every Christmas, she asked the Lord every Christmas, Lord, what do you want from me? What can I give you this Christmas? And I think that's just such a mm. incredible thing, you know, that Denise Carlson gave the Lord this mm. opportunity, like, Lord, you can use me. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, there's actually one more quick story okay, uh, that I want to share because it actually is— Kind of along those same lines, like, you know, what can I give to the Lord? And I don't ever want to think that I'm like washed up and done, that the Lord can keep using me. I mean, we talk about Denise being 63. Right. Uh, man, this lady, this is another one that was sent in by Jenny mm-hmm. Mae McCabe. Oh, she's um, a friend of mine. Yay. All right. Well, this is Shout a- Shout out for Vista. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, this was Charlotte Day's story. And mm. Charlotte- Get this. She's 90. Whoa. And she's been a missionary in Malawi for over 30 years. So since she was in her 60s, 60s. again, but but still going. And boy, mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of like what we're talking about right. here. Just, Lord, what can I give you my whole life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a bummer. I don't actually have a ton of her story. I want to know like what led up to them, her going on the mission field in her 60s. I don't have the whole story. I apologize. But I, do go, I did get some great info from Jenny May that I want to share briefly because, again, this is another person you can be praying for now that's serving now currently. Um, so she and her husband, Dick, they actually went to Malawi in their 60s, like I said, and they went just planning to serve for a year. It was one of those like little short term things like, OK, Lord, well, we'll just go, you know, and, and, and you know, we're not going to retire. We're going to just see what God might want to do. But they fell in love with the people there and they just ended up staying. And so it's sweet. I guess her ministry began under a mango tree, just teaching Bible studies just out there in the open. And because she was, you know, already in her 60s herself, I presume she had, they had raised their kids and had grandkids. And so she, as an older woman, had a heart for the grandmas that she saw there in Malawi. Um, apparently, um, a lot of these grandmothers were raising their grandchildren because the AIDS epidemic had mm. ravaged this region. So this is going back, again, this is when they first got mm-hmm. there, so a couple decades ago when AIDS was such a, mm-hmm. a, a big problem and, and really coming to the forefront on the world scene. 
And there were so many orphaned kids that all the, again, the grandparents are raising these kids. And, and I love that, you know, how the Lord will, the Lord will call us to, you know what I mean? He'll draw our attention to certain groups that he wants us to minister to. And not any, not everyone would think of the grandmas, but she just saw them trying to struggle to raise these kids, even as they were getting older. And she said, how can I help them? How can I help uh, these grandmas? And so a lot of her ministry has been targeted toward helping them raise the orphan kids. And so she and her husband, uh, they've served the people in very practical ways. Um, she taught the women how to grow corn or maize, I guess is what they would call it there, vegetables, um, just so they could have more nutritional diets for their families. They helped get clean water by digging wells. They built uh, preschools for the kids, and they made sure that at the school, they would the kids would all get one decent meal a day just in case they didn't get any more food the rest of the day. And then that soon branched out into ministry as these little preschoolers were growing up to school-age children and teenagers. And it's interesting because Charlotte used Josh McDowell's Why Wait program. Actually, it's cool. In their little brochure, there's like a little shout out from Josh McDowell in there. So they've had quite a connection. And, you know, just wanting to teach the kids as they're getting older about, you know, sexual purity, God's best for them, like, you know, in every area of life, waiting for God's best. And it's really cool because a lot of the unwed pregnancy rates went way down because of working through that program with the kids. And so she actually has a little brochure. And this is what's really neat, as you can see, uh, the ministry, I guess there's there's two sets of parts to the ministry. SAFE, Safe Africa Ministries, which is Sub-Saharan Africa Family Enrichment. That's kind of the umbrella ministry. And alongside of that, a part of it is called Go-Go Grandmothers. And I think that's so cute. Plus, they have a website. Oh, yeah. Give that to them. And well, here the- it is. Go-Go-Grandmothers.com. Oh, wow. That's hard to remember. Yeah. <laughs> no, Go-Go-Grandmothers.com. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, you can even find more about Charlotte Day and what they're doing. Yeah. How old did you say she is again? She's 80, 90 right 90. now, which is crazy. And right yes. now she's home. I guess she's back. Right. I think she's in Orange County somewhere uh, during mm-hmm. COVID because of right. COVID she oh, had to right. come home. But she wants to go right back. She doesn't, I mean, man, remember <sighs> we were talking amazing? about like Eliza George mm-hmm. and these women that just, I don't care how old I am. I'm going back out. That's right. I love that. I just want to read a couple things from the brochure just to mm-hmm. give you a picture of what they're doing over there now that you can be like Cheryl was saying earlier, partnering and praying for. Uh, young orphans and vulnerable children come to our community-based child care centers to be taught and fed. Older village youth are instructed in Christian character development and practical life skills. Orphans receive school fees and tutoring. Primary and secondary teachers in the schools are trained in the Why Wait Life Skills curriculum. And thousands of lives are impacted for Christ through the Jesus film and discipleship programs. I can't believe how many people have gotten saved through the Jesus, Jesus film. I know. Dude, that's gone like— yeah, all over the well, world don't for you decades. Think part of it is just because it's about a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we make it about people and about mm-hmm. religion and yes. institutions. And people don't want—I mean, you can't be friends with an institution, <laughs> but you can be friends with Jesus. And you yes. can know Jesus is your Savior. So it really comes down—and that's what Christmas is about, right? Yes, It's I about love Jesus and that He came into this world to— Save. Mm, and, mm-hmm. you know, and all these women that we talk about are extraordinary because of Jesus. Yeah. That's what makes the difference. I mean, that's what makes a 60 year old woman willing to go to Africa. That's what makes a 63 year old woman willing to go to Africa, live on the border where there are, yeah. you know, again, AK 47. You're in the AK 47. It, it is pretty shocking. It yeah. is. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and makes Joanne, you mm. know, who, who was at Rockwell, um, she credits all of her success 
to knowing Jesus from the time she was a child and mm. having godly parents. I mean, think about it. It's not just Joanne. It's her mother who raised yeah. her to know Jesus and her siblings to know Jesus so that she's older now, too. I won't say her age because <laughs> she might be listening. But Joanne also um, ministers and has ministered to others because she wants them to know Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. that she would work after retirement. She goes into release time education, yeah. which is something that you've done, yeah. too. I love doing that. Yeah, mm -hmm. into the community. And really, I, I think you touched on something there that's just kind of the bottom line. We were talking about it earlier this morning. With all of these women, these ones that are alive now from back in the day, there's the common thread of what I, I say, Daniel 11.32, that the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. And that's really the key, mm -hmm. is the way they know God kind of, you know, filtered down into how they've lived their lives and how they've wanted to just serve Him because they've come to know all He's done for them. They want to bring that Mm -hmm. to others. And they don't care how old they are, how young they are, or, you know, any, you know, gender, race, all of those things go away in Jesus. And we that's just right. go out and serve. So. And you know what? I think that's what makes all these women that we're talking about extraordinary. It's just the Jesus factor. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a Jesus factor. I mean, Mary was an ordinary young yeah, woman bring it to Christmas living here. in a village in Nazareth. And what made her different? Mm. It's that the Lord spoke to her and said, I want to put my son in your life, in your womb. Mm. And, you know, God says to us, I want to put my son in your heart. And that's what makes the difference. Mm. And it's the favor of God that comes on us when we receive Jesus. Yeah. And we get to work in partnership with God mm. and with His will and what He wants to do on earth earth, yes. you know, and yeah. it's so exciting. It is. And all we have to say, like Mary is, behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Let it be to me according to your word. Exactly. Just that open hand. Okay, Lord, what do yes. you have? And you know what? The, you know, both Jasmine and I just love studying these women. Mm -hmm. I've always, I think since I was a little girl, because I was raised with, these are my heroines. Yes. Yeah, you know, same. Yeah. These, these women are so exciting. I wanted to, you know, know about Amy Carmichael, even Amy Simple McPherson, who we'll do in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, I yeah. was raised with these these incredible women, mm. um, Corey Tinboom, mm -hmm. and some of these others that we've highlighted. Some, but Jasmine and I both have such a heart for female biographies, especially mm. Christian biographies. So we've got quite a few more. We're, we're going to do um, female sure. authors. And that's yeah. probably when we'll do Jane Austen. We will do yeah, um, Dorothy Sayers, definitely. Yes. And there's quite a few. Um, yeah. Yes. And I want to do Grace Livingston Hill. Oh, She's oh, very okay. interesting. There you go. That yes. too. Yeah. Yes. So well, we're, there's we're, more folks. There's so many more. We also talked about doctors. Elizabeth Blackwell, the first female doctor in the United States, mm. who is a wonderful Christian. Florence Nightingale. Florence Nursing. Nightingale. Yeah. Right. Helen Rosevere. Mm. We also want to talk about the Booths, Catherine Booth and oh, yes. uh, Evangeline Booth. Elizabeth we, Fry. Right. Yeah. Elizabeth <laughs> We, we've got so many more. I mean, what's really exciting about this is these are your relatives. So we're talking about Christmas when yes. the whole family gets together. And we're kind of like wanting to remind you of all the women you're related to. <laughs> yes. In the in Christ, you have right. a bigger family by than you blood, realize. <laughs> by the blood of Jesus, yes. which is stronger than anything else. We're related to these women. I love it. And, and that's the heart behind Women Worth Knowing, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yes. And this was kind of created out of COVID. When COVID hit, <laughs> I thought, Lord, what can we do during COVID? And so I called up Jasmine. I said, meet me in the studio. Let's start talking about our <laughs> favorite Christian women. Yes. And that's how we started. So we just wanted to take this extra episode mm -hmm. and just say, 
thanks for joining us this year in 2020. That's and we right. look forward to 2021 yes, as we, we do. continue yes. with Women Worth Knowing. That's right. And have a merry, the merriest Christmas. Remember, Jesus came into mm. this world to save you, and he used a woman. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> so God bless you. God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnutt.